0: Hello, and welcome to Local Legacies, the show where we go behind the scenes with enterprising individuals who are striving for the best in their business, family, community, and themselves. I'm your host, Tim Lanza, and without further ado, here's this week's guest. All right, everybody, welcome back. Today in the studio, I have Lauren Howe of Empowered PR. How are you doing today, Lauren?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming in. I'm really excited. You were referred by one of our previous guests, which is always a great thing. Love it. That's awesome. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, your story, what you're doing here today.
1: Yeah. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I love the name of the podcast, right? Because... Um, I'm born and raised, educated in the city of Lemonster, still live here to this day, and now I'm a proud business owner right on Main Street in the city as well. So I've really come full circle um, in the 40-plus years I've been on on Earth. Um, And so, you know, as I said, I was educated, Johnny Appleseed School, I was the last class to graduate from Gallagher Junior High School, which, you know, is right on Church Street, um, class of 95 in in Lemonster High School, and uh, had aspirations, wanted to be a journalist or a radio uh, personality on the radio and decided that you know, I, I wanted to go to college, um, but I came from a single parent home and money was extremely tight. So while I had decent grades and and I put in the work, um, I actually ended up going to Mount Wachusett Community College, and I'm a proud alumna of Mount Wachusett Community College. Um, I got an associate's degree there, and then I transferred immediately into UMass Amherst and. Um, went into journalism, and people asked me, well, why why not communications if you sort of wanted to go the, the radio broadcast route? And it was because I was really passionate about writing. Um, that's sort of one of my first loves in life is my writing. And I also double majored in political science because I was thinking maybe I'll go to law school at some point, right? If the radio thing doesn't work out, I'll go to law school. So um, you know, I went there, and I graduated in 99 from UMass, and I'm a proud... Uh, Proud alumna of UMass as well, and I actually got my first radio gig. Um, I was an on-air personality down at a radio station in Delaware, um, and it was broadcast in the morning. So I did the morning news, traffic, and weather, and it was a great time right um, outside of Ocean City, Maryland. So here I am, 21, 22 years old, living the life down in Ocean City. You know, radio personality and all that, and had a lot of fun, but. Um, I was listening to the podcast with our friend Matt the other day and radio doesn't pay a lot of money. Um, so I decided, you know, I don't know if this is really the right thing for me to do. So I, I, f- I came back home um, and I, I told my parents, you know, it's a uh, time. I want to, I want to come back home. So mom and my stepdad uh, welcomed me with open arms back to my home in Lemon Star. And I honestly was unemployed for quite some time. I didn't really know what I wanted to do here. I have this degree um, and Radio didn't work out, and I, I didn't want to work in a newspaper either. So what do I do with this education that I have and this passion that I have for writing and sharing stories and all of that? So um, ironically enough, my um, boyfriend at the time lived in Philadelphia, and we were going back and forth. And I was in an a airport a terminal, and we were delayed on a flight. And um, I met a family, and they were these two little twins. And we got to talking to the mom and the dad. And I started playing with these kids, you know, keeping them occupied during this long delay that we had at the airport. And the father asked me, what do you do? And and I said, I'm unemployed. I don't know what I'm doing. I have this degree and I want to write. And he asked me, are you interested in tech writing? And I didn't really know what that meant. Um, So he said, you know, call me on Monday and and we'll talk. I want to try to help you out. And he actually gave me my first job as a tech writer. And I loved doing that because it really took a lot of technical Information from engineers and allowed me to translate that into um, language and copy that someone could understand to run equipment, and I enjoyed doing that. And unfortunately, the products that I were work that I was working on at the time um, were um, sold to another company, and I was laid off at that point in time. And I'm like, what do I do now? So my mom, um, you know, single mom encouraged me to go into healthcare. She was in healthcare. Um, My dad uh, worked in healthcare and why not go in healthcare? I'm a a giving person and I like to write. So I I got my first communications job, PR job um, at UMass Memorial in Worcester and was there for a number of years doing some marketing and communications work and then moved on to Brigham and Women's Hospital in, in Boston. And at that point in time, I actually became a single mom um, and had an infant at home. And it was really challenging. Um, so I ended up trying to find work closer to home. Um, and not having to commute back and forth to Boston. And God love my mom, my stepdad, they helped me raise my daughter, Um, you know, her dad 100% in the picture. um, But he lived in another town, and it was difficult. So, um, you know, it was challenging. So I ended up um, getting totally blessed with a a copywriting position um, at Fallon Health um, out in Worcester at that point in time. And that was a great gig for me. I learned a lot went through the ranks there. um, And then I ended up Um, really wanting to further my career, further my education. So I ended up going to graduate school and I applied and I got into um, Regis College, which is in Weston, Massachusetts. And I was enrolled a full-time student in 2010, um, single mom, again, um, going to graduate school, working full-time. And I ended up getting my degree in about 18 months. So I, I really cruised through that process and, Got my degree in communications, my my master's degree, and got a job at a, a multinational manufacturing company, and rose through the ranks there. And while I was there, my daughter grew up, and I realized, you know what? I don't want to travel anymore. Um, I you know, I think we're going to get into this at some point later, but you know, I had a pretty scary medical diagnosis in 2017. And that really brought me back to reality to say what's important in this life. And what's important in my life right now is seeing my daughter be raised and be here for her for her teenage years. Um, Ironically enough, I did meet some somebody and um, fell in love with him. And we ended up getting engaged in 2016. Here I am nine weeks before my wedding, and I get this medical diagnosis. Um, And that really hit home for me. Like, here's this wonderful man that I just think the world of. He loves my daughter. Um, I love his daughter. And this isn't what I want to do. So I think about... In 2019, I really started thinking, you know what? I want to become an entrepreneur. I want to go out and do my own thing. And I want to be close to home. I don't want to travel a lot because I was traveling to Europe. I was traveling all over the country. I was traveling to Canada. And I was never home. And it really just sort of struck me that, you know what? I think I want to fulfill this like dream that I have and this urge that I have to be an entrepreneur and take my talent and my time that I have in my treasure and share it with the greater good and with companies that I'm passionate about and the work that they're doing. So here we are today. Um, in 2020, I opened my own business, so it's been an interesting journey.
0: (laughs) Definitely has. Yeah. (laughs) Um, now what did it look like as far as when you were going to open your own business? Did you, uh, obviously you've got professional experience at a high level, um, multiple companies, but, you know, your most recent company doing uh, this PR gig. How does that translate into actually owning your own business?
1: Yeah, so you're exactly right. I have the craft, but I did not have the business savvy, to be quite honest with you. I reached out to people that are doing exactly what I wanted to do, and I asked them to mentor me, and I asked them for guidance and for their expertise on how do I make a contract? How do I pitch work? What's a good attorney? How do I run QuickBooks? And I think one of the things that you realize when you're an entrepreneur is that you're the CEO, you're the operating officer, you're the IT professional, you're the chief financial officer, you're the chief marketing officer, you're the sales team. Oh, and wait, you still have to do all the work, right? So that's one of the things that as an entrepreneur, I knew that I needed to do, but when the reality of my first technology crisis hit, which was quite frankly, a button on a monitor, and I was freaking out because I didn't know why my monitor wouldn't turn on, and it took me calling a professional in to say, no, you just have to hit this button, um, really struck me at that point in time, and I said, I'm really in this on my own. I mean, this is my thing. But the wonderful thing about where we are in Lemonster and where we, where my business is, is that there are so many resources in the community, and there's so many people that want to help you succeed, right? So, um, one of the things that I'm really passionate about, and I was in my, in my past, you know, career um, in corporate, was working very closely with chamber of commerce, and making sure that we have a good relationship with them because. Chamber of Commerce are great, right? They're supportive. They have resources at their fingertips. They can advocate for you. They can provide you with guidance. And one of the first things I did after I quit my corporate job was I went to the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce on South Street in Fitchburg. And I walked in and I just said, I want to start a business and this is what I want to do and I need help and I need you to direct me to... An accountant into an attorney into insurance because I'm, I don't know what, how to do this, but I knew that I needed these steps to be taken care of in order to get my business off the ground. And one of the things that I wanted to do in my business plan, and I wasn't sure if I could do it straight out of the gate because of the finances with it, was to have my own office space. And I will tell you, I mentioned to the chamber, to Roy Nascimento, um, when I first met him, who's the CEO over there, and I said, you know, I really want to have church and state. My work followed me home 24/7, And I really want to have a space where I can separate my work from my home because I want home to be where I'm with my family and with my daughter and I'm not interrupted, even though I'm in PR and you're interrupted, but you know, I'm not bringing work home with me. And they were so wonderful. They said, you know, we have this office here. If you want to rent it for a fee, we'll let you rent it out. And that's where I started, on South Street in Fitchburg. And as my office grew and my my business, I'm sorry, not my office, but my business grew, um, you know, I I decided, you know, I I, I love being in Fitchburg and it's great, but Lemonster is my home. And so I reached out to some people in the community and put some bugs out there and said, you know, I... I really want to move my office, my business to Lemonstar. And now I'm at 20 Main Street in Lemonstar, and I'll be there a year already. So it's been a great experience. And, you know, again, I can't say enough about the chamber. I mean, I'm a chamber ambassador now, and they're just great. The whole staff over there is wonderful, and they've guided me through so many um, questions, and they've connected me with so many people. So.
0: Can you explain a little bit about, you know, what the chamber does and then maybe a good way to look at it is your relationship with them when you were in corporate for your company versus what they were able to do for you as a small business owner?
1: Yeah, sure. So when I was in corporate, you know, I I worked with a lot, a lot of chamber of commerces across the country um, in various communities. And. You know, if there was an issue with taxes um, with the business or if there was an important uh, meeting coming up at like a council meeting or something like that, we would reach out to them and say, you know, do you have someone going to this meeting that you could possibly share our thoughts with about this? So they they do a little bit of advocacy with that. They keep you informed of, you know, during the pandemic, the Paycheck Protection Program um i mean every time the governor would announce something i would get an email as a business owner saying this is what's going on in the community right now based on being a business with you know the shutdowns and the phase ones and twos and threes and all of that so super helpful with that um also providing events and networking opportunities is a big is a big plus both on the corporate side and on the business side so you know i actually um you know when i was on the corporate side I was in, on committees at my chamber for like women's leadership conferences and I'd attend events for networking. So I would be able to get my name out and pass my business card. Likewise, as a business owner, I have that same opportunity where I'm able to go to events and network um, and do all of that. And I, I will say for for the chamber in in Fitchburg and Leominster, the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce, you know, I'm a brand new business owner um, and I offered, I said, you know, I would love to work with companies here in town going through this pandemic. I'm a crisis communications professional. Do you have anyone that needs help? and they actually afforded me the opportunity to do a webinar, which I really appreciated because it gave me an opportunity to share my expertise with them and with their members so i'm a you know I'm a proud member <laughs> of course. Um, but I think you know from from being both on the corporate and on the business side they're just a huge resource and a great help
0: and so that kind of sprung you into your business as far as like where it sits today. I mean, it's been a very qu- quick year, I guess, in the learning curve as far as like, you know, as you said, your craft, but then you've got all these issues coming at you and different problems that you need to solve. And they're probably changing on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I one thing I didn't point out <laughs> is that I actually quit my job in, on Valentine's Day of 2020. So I went into entrepreneurship three weeks before the, the, the world shut down from this pandemic. And, you know, you were hearing rumblings at that point in time about the coronavirus. And it was in China and it was, you know, doing doing its thing. And, it you know, there were some rumblings about it in, in Seattle. Um, and, you know, you got you, you're, you I was a little peaked. Perked up about that, like paying attention to it, had no idea the impact, the awful impact that it was going to have on the world, really. I mean, it's just been awful. And knowing that, like, I had the chamber, too, um, I applied for my LLC on March 7th with the state, and the state shut down that Friday. And I tried to get insurance it was hard to get insurance. It was hard to get a bank account. God loved the banks and the insurance agents and the attorneys and my accountant who all were like, we're going to try to do this virtually to get you off the ground. Even though I was getting the logistics done during that time, as a small business owner, seeing fellow small business owners going through the struggles that they were going through during the pandemic, during the shutdown, um, seeing my peers who were small business owners seeking other opportunities and more traditional roles because of the pandemic, because their business was was affected by the pandemic really gave me a lot of pause to say, is this something that I can really do? And is this the right time to do it? Because I wanted and I needed, and I was sensitive to the fact that I'm not going to come out and announce that I'm a new small business when the world is struggling. That's just not the right thing to do. So I waited until June until governor Baker said, we're going to go phase two. And you know, some of the nail salons were opening and the hair salons started opening and, and all of that. And, um, I did a very soft launch on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I sent out a couple of emails and, and did it that way. And, and it was just through the pure, um, tactic of, of networking that I was able to, to launch my business, um, in a very soft manner
0: and you're obviously in this position where you're you're not like dipping your toes in the water. I guess you've committed to starting this business. You've left your career and now you've got this big gap with no income where you're kind of biding your time and you've got no clients at all. Mm-hmm. So that must have been a real struggle to be kind of on the sidelines, I guess, and waiting to really get going.
1: It really was, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to tell you, you know, I, I have this saying, it was actually in a fortune cookie a very long time ago, and I, I still have it, and it said, every burden is a blessing. And when I left my corporate job, I actually am super passionate about cycling, bicycle. And I went into the local bike store here in, in town, Tom 10 Bike Town, and I walked in and said, you know, I'm interested in, in working here. I want to sell bikes. I want to share my, my love and my joy for cycling with the community and with your customers. And they hired me. So I did fill my days being around really awesome people working in an awesome environment, doing what I love to do as I built the business and we, I saw Tom 10 through the pandemic with them and, and it was challenging um, to see the owners, um, you know, the bikes, the supply chain was affected and it was a hard time for everybody, but everyone persevered. And that's the thing I, 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 I take away from the last say two years almost of doing this, it's perseverance, and you have to pivot in order to respond to your surroundings and the environment. And if you persevere and you're strong and you stand can you know stand in your convictions of what you want to do and you're passionate about it, you can do it.
0: I feel personally as though we, like that outlook that you mentioned, every burden is a blessing when you, if you take that type of an outlook on life that is a recipe for success because no matter what's happening you're allowing it you're looking at it as like what's the next step up like how is this benefiting me what can i learn from this and then pushing yourself forward even though it's a time that you could be crumbling like things could be falling apart you're learning from it and bettering yourself
1: yeah exactly and you know, one of the things that's interesting in a way about my business, you know, I mentioned earlier that I, I was a single mom, and I actually worked three jobs at one point with a, with a toddler to save up for my home. And I wanted to raise my daughter in a home with a yard um, and a swing set, and I didn't want to be. Not that I was a burden on my on my parents living at home with a baby. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to be on my own and and it was important for me to do that. So I I did, I bought a house in Lunenburg actually in 2007, right, right, uh, right before the crash, I guess they say. And, um, what resulted in me being able to do my business was when I sold that property, I was able to invest some of the money that I got from all that hard work that I put in of buying that house. 13-14 13 14 years ago um, I was able to take a small percentage of that and that's how I was able to start my business so everything does come full circle for sure when you don't when you don't expect it I mean I never thought struggling for the years that I did working and putting my down payment down and all of that doing what I thought was best for my daughter and, and it was best for both of us at the time and, and it has been um turned into into a dream for me that came true
0: Now, was that a life that you had when you were a young girl or a life that you didn't have as far as like being born, like raised in a house and having a backyard and a swing set? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I grew up um, right in North Lemonster in a cute little ranch house. My parents, my mom and my stepdad still live there today. They've lived there for, I think, 46 years, 45 years now. Um, same swimming pool. I mean, not the same swimming pool, but you know, they have a swimming pool and in my old bedroom is still just like it was, um, with the, the flowered border. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I had, I have to give credit to my mom and I, and I think that I am who I am today because of her. She persevered. Um, you know, I look back on, on my life and although she struggled so much, I never went without and I always had what I needed and I even had what I wanted too. I mean, I, I was very passionate about figure skating when I was younger and it's very expensive to be a figure skater. And my mom washed toilets and offices at night and cleaned offices to help pay for my skating because she couldn't take that away from me. Um, and, and, and we worked together through college. I mean, I wanted to go to Emerson. I wanted to go to Syracuse. Um, you know, I, I wanted to go to these really big named private schools um, or out of state schools that were extremely expensive. And when you know you put pen to paper and you do the finances for them, that's quite frankly why I took the path that I did. And I went to the Mount first and got a great education there and a great stepping stone there, and then went into UMass. Um, and, and I got a great education there as well. So I think, you know, persevering and, and I hope that my own daughter has seen, you know, mom did what she had to do to give me the life that, that she gave me and to see me in this position now where mom's a business owner and and if mom can do it, so can I, um, it it makes me feel pretty proud of myself, honestly. So
0: you definitely should be proud of yourself and proud of your mom as well.
1: Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's awesome.
0: So at this point you've like, I guess we'll go to the soft launch in June, you said, or.
1: Yeah. So in June of 2020, I did a soft launch of my business and just networked with people that I um, had relationships with that I had done work with in the past. Um, and we did that and that, that sort of rolled along for a few months um, and got me situated and then I think you know it's interesting to sort of see, look back and see the path um, of this whole entrepreneurship career that I've had in the past almost two years, and see how many people come to bat for me, and they know my worth and they see my value and they know the work that I do, and when you have someone who you ultimately respect and you you think so much of, and they actually refer you out to somebody. Word of mouth is just amazing. But when it's someone that you've actually done work for or even a current client that refers you out, that's priceless to me. And I, I'm I'm just really, really honored when, when that happens.
0: That's something we've talked a lot about on this podcast with other guests. It's like that is absolutely the best way to have a client come to you is through a referral from someone you've done work for, someone who's happy with you. You know, there's like no one that's going to sing your praises better than a client who you've done a great job for. And, you know, the only thing you can do as things get slow, or if, you know, if times are slow or just right in this moment, however it is, is like doing an exceptional job for the people that you're serving at the time. And that always seems to pay dividends down the road.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just, it's heartwarming, honestly, to, to have people that you might not have Stayed in touch with technically. I mean, you're sort of aware of what's going on with them, but you're not, you know, on the day to day. And to just reach out and say, hey, um, I've started this business. Here's a link to my website. If you hear of anything, let me know. This is what I want to specialize in. This is the type of people I want to work with or do work for. Um, and then they send them to you. It's amazing. Um, so, I mean, as of today, um, you know, so I, I moved, you know, sort of backtracking again. Um, I was with the, at the chamber offices and working in, out of that office that I had there for about a year and then decided, you know, I'm going to move to Lemonster. And I will tell you the city of Lemonster and the economic development team there and Melissa Tasca are amazing. Um, I wasn't in my office yet, and they were already calling. When do you want to do a ribbon cutting? When can we welcome you to the city? How can we help you? Um, keeping me informed of things that are going on. I know the mayor recently um, got together some business owners in downtown to talk about, you know, what can we do to gather down here? And, and, and it's exciting to be part of that and to be part of that process and to say, yes, I'm Lauren Howe. Um, I own a public relations firm in downtown Lemonster. I mean, it's amazing. To say that I never thought I would and what's interesting is if I look out the back window of my office I can see my homeroom windows from seventh grade so it's sort of heartwarming to say you know that little girl that was in those windows and Miss Green's um, seventh grade homeroom is sitting in this office here in downtown Levinster I mean it's crazy
0: it's pretty special to have come full circle like that
1: absolutely yeah
0: Now you're in, like you were talking about people coming through for you and sending clients your way. You're in a business where you're like crisis management. You're not necessarily working with someone consistently, let's say throughout the year. It may be like here or there or someone needs you and they come. So can you explain a little bit of like what an average client might come or what you might get hired out to do?
1: So what's really interesting, Tim, is that I... My expertise is in crisis communications and branding, brand strategy and community, um, corporate social responsibility. So I believe that and how I run my business model is if you have a strong brand and you have a strong brand strategy and people know who you are and what you do. And then if you have a very good reputation in your community, so your neighbors, um, fellow business owners, the civic community and business leaders that you work with. If something happens, whether it's a major issue or a true full-on crisis, you have the brand and the relationships and the, and the corporate social responsibility package behind you to help you navigate through that crisis. People are going to trust you more when they know what you do, who you are. You're not just some building down the street, right? So that's the business model that I, my business plan identified with as I wanted to go in. Interestingly enough, because the pandemic happened, that's like one of the, is the biggest crisis I think we've ever experienced, at least in my lifetime. So when I started my business, a lot of companies were like, no, we're out of the crisis now. We need to recover from it and we need to rebrand ourselves. So that's sort of where my work is stemming from. Um, I've had a couple of clients that I've done some crisis work for, but I'm really doing a lot of communication strategy and a lot of communications planning and in ta- using the tactics of like PR. So you know media relations and community relations and internal and in and external communications to communicate what these businesses are doing post-pandemic because that's what people want to know. Is your business still thriving? Are you still sustainable? What did you do during the pandemic to help other people? This is what people want to know. So I'm working with a lot of clients right now that are responding in one way to the crisis of this pandemic, whether they're welcoming employees back or they're doing hybrid, making plans for that. And how do we want to communicate that to employees to make the employees feel empowered of the decision that they're making without judgment. Right. And in the vaccine mandates, of course, you know, those are other um, topics that I can help navigate clients through as well. But, you know, my work is just really fun and it's writing, which I love to do and it's telling stories. And that's what I, what I really truly went to school for, right. was journalism and to learn how to tell stories. And that's what I'm doing. I'm sharing these wonderful stories of these small and large companies and nonprofit organizations that are taking what they learned during the pandemic and turning it into the greater good for others.
0: So, I guess I kind of assumed incorrectly uh based on the wording, but you're really looking at a more proactive, all-encompassing approach to businesses so you could have a client come in that is not in crisis and really begin to and continue to serve them. Indefinitely.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I have um, what we call anchor clients. Um, and those are ones that like I would have for a long period of time. I have one client that I've had uh, that's going on that were my first client. I'm still with them. Um, and, and in some, you know, it's project work. Like you said, I mean, those come and go to. Um, but you know, it's those true anchor clients that, that come to the table and that we have these long lasting relationships with. And I think when you get to really know the team and know the business that you're working for and you're really in the weeds, like I'm part of these, of these companies, I'm a part of the team. So it's really interesting to have that as
0: well. Now, do you focus on a specific industry or segment like specific companies?
1: Yeah. So industries that I, I'm passionate about and that I I have a lot of experience with are in healthcare. So anything like um healthcare medical device companies, um, nonprofit organizations, um, and then manufacturing as well. So um, you know, communities, um, community engagement planning, um, you know, event planning. I can do some of that. I actually just did a ribbon cutting event for a nonprofit organization in Worcester that um rehabbed an old um building, uh, dilapidated building, I guess you could say, in Worcester, and they rehabbed it into these gorgeous apartments for low-income individuals and families, and I assisted them in the communications and, you know, sharing their news with the press across social media and also coordinating the event as well. So I I do a little bit of everything. Again, you know, it goes back to the whole, the pivoting, right? So you think you're going to go in and you're going to have a business plan X, and then it turns out, actually, no, it's going to be completely, it's going to be a Z, or why, because it's just, that's how it's going to happen. So you pivot with with what the marketplace needs.
0: Now, since I have you here, mm-hmm. and we've got nothing better to do, yeah. and you're an expert, <laughs> what would be some practical advice for a business? Like, if someone was a business owner that was maybe a guest on the show, or is just listening to it, what would be some practical advice for them? It, you know, Things that they can get involved with, and how you would like implement your type of strategy?
1: Yeah, so... You know, one thing that I, I like to do for my clients is, you know, first off we do what we call um, an intake, right? So, what are you passionate about? What do you? What does your company do? That's unique. Um, you know, what? How are you improving lives? How are you um, engaged with your community? And then we we take a deep dive into that. And then what we do is we sit down and we do what's called a message mapping strategy session, and we basically what I call is a brain dump, and we just say, okay, give me everything you got. Tell me anything and everything about your business. And we make it into these buckets. So like the business side, um, the product side, the service side, um, the stakeholders, and all of that. And then for each of those um, those buckets, we then create messaging specific to those. And based off of that messaging, how do we want to deliver the message? So is it attending events? Is it going on podcasts? Is it doing social media? Is it doing a media relations campaign? Um, you know, is it going and networking with somebody and, and going on LinkedIn and saying, okay, this person is, is involved in this type of organization. This is the type of organiz- organization that you want to be involved with. Let's have an introductory meeting with, those, with, with that organization and with that person. So it's a lot of relationship building and, and really knowing exactly who you want to speak with, what your message is going to be, and the most effective tactic on how to get that message out.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I you know, just listening to what you're saying here, I'm reflecting on my own experience with this podcast, and I was lucky enough to have some people challenge me in the beginning when I had this idea, and they were like, "You need to kind of nail down what exactly you're doing and what what is your message, what is your branding, like what is this? It can't just be like sit down and talk to people, or it can be, but you're probably not going to attract the right people to it because there are no right people if you're not defining what it is.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and are you are you bringing in the right people that your audience wants to hear from too? So, you know, what what's the audience base and in is the messaging and the topics that you're talking about bringing an effective message to your audience is is that cuz then if it is, then your audience is going to tell other people and then you're you're going to just grow.
0: Right, of course. And someone's if someone just comes to whatever your page is, whether a website, social media, whatever, and you don't have the consistency of like, here's who we are and here's what we do. You're less likely to get a follow or engagement or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever it is you're looking for.
1: Exactly. And it's what can we do for you? Right. Right. So, you know, what, for you example, like, you know, what, what does your podcast bring to entrepreneurs? Right. So I heard about your podcast because I know another entrepreneur and he's like, you need to listen to this podcast. And here I am today. So it all just, it's all fluid and it all happens. Why? Because we're building relationships and we're, we're talking to each other and we're networking. And that's so important being an entrepreneur.
0: Most definitely. And where is your business going now? Like, where do you see, I guess, five, maybe 10 years out? What, what are your goals?
1: Goodness. So I'm really growing more rapidly than I thought I would, which I know is an excellent problem to have. Um, I see myself in five years, definitely with staff, um, and, and, growing my business to the best that I can do. And, and quite honestly, um, so my husband is retiring from his position, um, his job in, in three and a half years, four years. So, I, I don't know how much I want to work when he retires, honestly. Um, and I'd like to sort of make myself in that position where I have a staff where I can depend on them and, and sort of run the business and not so much do all the work, um, and, and try to have as much time as I can with, with my family.
0: So who's your first hire, like looking down the road, what would you, what would be your first need for someone?
1: definitely someone who's an excellent writer um, because I would love to have someone draft press releases and brainstorm and have a really creative mind for pitching, media, um, and someone who's eager to learn. So, you know, I've mentored a couple of and through my, my graduate school, um, sort of a sidetrack um, I was actually hired to teach as an adjunct faculty member at Regis College when I graduated. So I was teaching crisis communications and public relations cases and practice to graduate students, the same program that I graduated from. And they still reach out to me um, and I'm mentoring them. And, and and it's more of do you have a passion? Do you have a willingness to learn? Do you have an eager for this for for learning and and is this something that interests you? And if it is and you're an excellent writer, let's talk um, because that's the kind of people that I, I, I want to have. I want to have really cool, creative, like-minded people who just want to come have a good time, share stories and write about them and share them with the world.
0: And I think that that is, you know, I, I guess the key, a, a lot of other business owners that I've spoken with, it's like you want to find someone who's, I don't want to say necessarily young, like in age, but young in the sense of the their experience in the area you know you're eager to learn but someone is going to come in every day and really just like eat up everything that you're telling them and you can kind of teach them the way you would like to see things happen versus someone who say has worked in your industry for 15 years and then you're bringing them on and it's like well we do it like i've always done it like this so Mm -hmm. i'm just going to do it my way and it's like when you're it's just your small business they may not duplicate the product that you're looking for.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think there's there's also challenges and opportunities with each with each of those scenarios too. I mean, you know, like if you have someone that's really seasoned and has been in the field for a number of years, I mean, yes, they're coming in with a lot of experience where it might not be done the way that I want to do it, but they might do it a really cool way that might be better than what I'm doing. So I'm always sort of open to that and listening to that. Right. And I think Part of you know one of the things that I'm really passionate about in my entrepreneurship is an organization called the Public Relations Society of America, and they're a an, um, national organization for public relations professionals. And they actually have a section called the Independent Practitioners Alliance, and I got involved with them right out of the gate. Um, they were doing twice weekly Zoom calls with each other just to help each other through this pandemic. And I ended up getting involved with that. Um, Shortly thereafter, I became a member of the executive committee for that group. And lo and behold, in 2022, I will now chair the group. Um, So I'm super honored and humbled about that opportunity. But these are pretty cool people and they're really seasoned and I'm learning new ways to do things. And that's really, really interesting.
0: You're involved in a lot of different programs both like locally and nationally um community involvement and I know you m- did mention earlier from a PR standpoint why that that's that is an advantage but for you personally why is that something that's important to you
1: I really grew up in this community as someone who had engaged parents um my godparents were very engaged and it's something that I just always instilled in me but I always want to give back and there's just something about me that I, that that's what I want to do. And I want to try to make the world a better place than when I left it. So where are there opportunities in the community for me to become engaged? And what I like to say, share my time, treasure, and talent with, um, you know, several organizations I I've been engaged with over the years. Girls Inc of Worcester is one of them. I was on their board for a number of years. Um, I helped, them with their centennial campaign, um, capital campaign. And I, I chaired their centennial event down at mechanics hall in Worcester. So that was a lot of fun, super involved in the American red cross of central mass. I was actually just very honored to be appointed and named to their board of directors in September, just last month. So that's really something that I'm passionate about. And I think that the red cross on, on that hand, because I was so, ingrained in crisis communications in my last job in the corporate world I saw the work that they were doing especially when it came to disaster relief and emergency response um and that's one of the things that I am passionate about and that I, I wanted to give back in that capacity um you know there's other organizations the Fitchburg Art Museum I mean I think the arts and culture are super important for for youth and for our community to have so I'm involved with that um and yeah it's been um, really important, and I think as a business owner, it's even more critical for me to improve, to do the best I can, to help my communities and improve my communities. So, whenever there's an opportunity for me to be engaged at an event in town or to go to an event and represent not only my company but just represent my family and myself, and say, you know, I want to make this community a better place than when I when I was growing up, and I want to leave it a better place when I leave it. Right. Um, that's what I want to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I've talked about this before on here, but it's, that is something that's very important to me as well. I've got a business in this community. I live in this community. I invest in real estate in this community. Why would I not do what I can to improve it and try to, as you said, leave it better than when I found it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I didn't Sorry, didn't cut you off. But I was just going to say, I know that you've obviously, not only are you like that, but you've attracted people, I, both attracted and raised people like that around you. Um, your husband is also very involved.
1: Yeah. Um, so my husband um, is a police lieutenant in the city of Fitchburg, and he runs the community engagement unit. And it's very interesting because I'll go to events and he'll show up and I'll be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, but... What's really fun is that I can really, truly share these experiences with my partner, with my husband, and we're both passionate about it. Like we both want to help and we both want to support the communities and do what we can to, to make, to make them better for, for our kids and for our grandchildren. Right. So it's super important for both of us to, to do that.
0: And you also mentioned in a previous conversation that we had both, you know, your daughter and stepdaughter, the way that they kind of see the world and they look at things as like, here's an impact that I want to make.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I, my daughter, especially, I mean, she's very passionate about her beliefs and in the world around her and. She's super involved in the local Boys and Girls Club, especially in Lunenburg, Um, and she volunteers there, and she's done leadership there, and she started improv because she wanted—she loves improv, and she wanted to bring improv to the club, so she started a program there to teach improv to the kids, and it's just been—it's been really heartwarming to see our kids— In, in And for lack of a better word, follow in our footsteps because they're seeing the impact that we're making in our communities, especially with my husband. I mean, he's he's everywhere in Fitchburg and engaging with youth and and, and in being the building bridge between the police and the community. And it's so important for that, especially right now. But to know that, you know, mom and dad are, are out there and they're doing this, it empowers them to want to do it as well. But. Likewise, I in you know further to the conversation that we had before. It's this generation that's coming up, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do because they're they have a lot of uh, a lot of passion and a lot of drive, um, especially my two girls, and and I can't wait to see what the future holds for them.
0: Well, and I think what's beautiful, and I think probably any parent would want, and I see this reflected in both my brother and I and my parents is you've taught these core beliefs or these core like thematic systems and then allowed them to take it however they want you know you're not saying you you've got to come and become a pr person when you get older you're saying here's the things that are important to me here's the way i want to impact my community how do you want to do it
1: yeah exactly and you just want to raise kind hearted children um i mean i've my you know and i i'm of course i'm biased i mean these are my kids right but you know, they, they truly are are kind kids and they don't allow bullying. They don't allow their friends to be picked on and they stand up and they say, look at this isn't right. And you can't treat someone like that. And I think that's super important for kids these days, especially to have that feeling of empowerment, to feel like they can step up and say, this isn't right.
0: Now, changing subjects a little bit here. I, w- I want to go back to your cycling. You said you had worked, uh, at tom 10 been involved there but i know that there's a lot more than just that as far as your involvement in cycling so you want to talk a little bit about that
1: yeah so i will say that you know in in 2011 um i was i was pretty overweight um and i you know i was doing this grad school thing i was working and 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 i was going through a really hard time and um you know going just struggling a lot and so one of my girlfriends um called me up and said, you know, do you want to go on a bike ride? And I was like, I haven't been on a bicycle since I was five. And I don't even know if I could balance on a bicycle. And she said, no, no, let's go. We'll go to a bike path. So we went to a bike path and I literally felt free on the bike. And it was this sort of experience where I, I felt the wind and the and I just felt free. And, and I felt like it's going to be okay. All this stuff that I'm experiencing, it's okay. And And this is where I this is like a happy place and, and I can be free and, and I'm, I'm in control, right? I felt like I was in control. Um, and so shortly thereafter, one of my best friends um, got diagnosed with breast cancer and I went out to the hospital and saw her um, at her home and everything. And I happened to see an ad for the pan mass challenge. And I was like, I want to do this. So ironically enough, I went to the local bike shop, I think it was GearWorks at the time. And I walked in and said, I need to buy a bike and I need a helmet and I need whatever else. And it was so much money. And I just said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so they were so great to me. They were like, okay, we can figure something out. Um, and so I was able to take the bike and the helmet and I started riding. And not only was I feeling empowered, and, and it goes back to the name of my business. <laughs> um, but I was getting exercise and I was out and I was losing weight and I was feeling better about myself. And it was like this all encompassing, wonderful experience that just changed my life for the better. And then I participated in the pan mass challenge. Like, I, who's going to do that? I'm not going to do that. I'm not an athlete. Like, what? What? And I did. And and my my friend met me at the finish line that day and it was it was awesome. And I've just taken a liking to cycling. And um it's been awesome. And you know, now I, I'm addicted to Peloton. I have the bike and the tread and I do triathlons now. And it's just been really cool. It's a cool experience. So um, you know, I I, I wanna just say a little bit about the Pan Mass too. It's probably the it actually not probably it is the most amazing I think amazing experience I ever have every year it's something that is now a part of me and a part of my life when you're literally sweating <laughs> going up a hill and there's children that are on the side of the road cheering you on who are undergoing cancer treatments because they're holding signs saying thank you for doing this for me um there's nothing like that and you know that you're making a difference and I always tell people with every mile and and I think you know the pan mass says it's closer by the mile and and I think it is I think we're gonna we're gonna find a cure we have to and um it's important
0: can you explain also just for people listening in case anyone's not familiar with the pan mass challenge I mean you're talking about yeah I just bought my gear and did this explain like exactly what it is and the gravity of just jumping into that.
1: Yeah. So the Panmass challenge is a, um, it's the most, I think it is the most successful fundraising, um, bicycle, um, event in, in the country. I'm pretty sure. Um, and it is, um, a variety of rides, bicycle rides. Um, but the longest one is 192 miles and it starts in Sturbridge. It's the first weekend in August every year. And you go from Sturbridge, um, down to Bourne and you stay overnight. And then you, um, you stay overnight at the Mass Maritime Academy. And then the next morning you get up, excuse me, you get up and you cycle the rest of the way to Provincetown. I was not capable of doing 192 miles the first year. So I did like 25 miles the first year, which for me, that's a big deal. Um, now I'm doing like the 80 miles. And that's, you know, from like Bourne to uh, Wellesley or Wellesley to Bourne, um, which is in and of itself an achievement for me because it's a lot. Um, yeah, it's amazing. But, um, you know, you raise a lot of money. The camaraderie is amazing. Um, I've made so many close friends through the Pan Mass Challenge. I have a whole family through the Pan Mass Challenge. Um, And I'll do it every single year until my body says you're not doing it anymore. But I hope that's a very long time from now.
0: Now, I know that that is a cause that's obviously particularly uh, important to you. Is that something that you'd like to talk about?
1: Yeah, sure. So earlier I mentioned about this medical diagnosis that I had, um, which really sort of pivoted and changed the the trajectory of my life at, at that point in time. And um, I had gone um to get a facial at a spa and this woman who I was going to quite regularly um for my skincare asked me about a spot on my arm and I was like, I've I i do not know what you're talking about and it was this tiny little little spot. And she said on a Saturday, um it was a Saturday, and she said, You know, I I want you to get that looked at like soon, just get it looked at. I don't think it's anything, but get it looked at. And I said, okay. So I called um, my PCP Monday morning and I said, you know, it's probably nothing. They got me a referral. I went in on Tuesday, like was like the next day. And, um, they said, huh, probably nothing. We're going to take a biopsy. I said, okay. So they did a shave biopsy where they just shave a little bit off And lo and behold, the next afternoon, I'll never forget it. I was making coffee in the cafeteria at my office and, um, I got a call and I was diagnosed with uh, melanoma and I had to have surgery like pretty soon, like the next day, um, or two days later. And here I am, you know, less than a week from the time this woman said, go get this checked. I had, you know, dozens of stitches on my arm nine weeks before my wedding too, um, and it's pretty interesting because I look back on, on it and you know, the, the impact of what someone says to you when you have this diagnosis, it doesn't really hit home right away. So I, at first I was like, well, I can just wait cause I'm getting married and like, I have this dress and it's like sleeveless and I can't, you know, I can't have a scar and, and, and God love the nurse or whatever. She's like, well, you know, you, gotta, you should really get it taken care of and we should do it really soon. And and I said okay, um, and they got it all, and it's great. I mean, I did have another scare in 2018, which you know brought back the reality of, and the magnitude of, you know what I I I need to start living living life the way that I want to live it because we really just have every day. And I truly wake up every morning and I and I say, okay, you know what, what am I going to do today to make a difference? Whether it's bringing my husband a coffee, or you know during the pandemic, bringing my parents groceries, or making a walk around the block in my neighborhood with my dog and, and just paying attention to the leaves and the flowers and the smell of the grass, you know. And it's these little things that we all have to pay attention to and, and be grateful for every day. And and that was really the, again, you know, the trajectory of why I said, I don't want to live on a plane anymore. Um, I don't want to do FaceTime homework with my daughter anymore. I want to be home.
0: And what did that or what could you tell other people Uh, You know, I guess, what did that teach you as far as being aware, like getting checked, being aware of your body?
1: Um, So I, I admit that I was a um, tanning addict (laughs) um, in my 20s into my 30s. And I have, I'm pretty sure that that's where this came from. I mean, I can never be certain um, because I I spent a lot of time on the beach tanning when I was in my 20s and my teens and all of that. Um, But get checked. It literally takes A half an hour of your time, if that, you know, and and if you go to a close, a dermatologist that's close by, it can take minutes. You just go in, get checked and walk out and just be thankful. Um, I mean, I've had, I think about 11 biopsies since um, my diagnosis and every, you know, I say every cut, is is stressful and you wait for the my chart to be updated or you wait for the call you don't want the call you want the letter in the mail I've I've come to realize um but I usually am calling and saying did it come in yet (laughs) um because you want to be able to relax and and go from there and you know you go from the three-month visits to the six-month visits and I think when I graduated into the okay you can only you only need to come once a year now but come anytime you want it's like, okay, cool. I'm, I've graduated into, into that. So it was really exciting, but please get checked.
0: Now, going back to 2011, you was when you started riding, um, you know, you said you started losing some weight, uh, being more active. How did your life start to change as you started to pursue this athletic goal? And like, as your body was changing as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, I will tell you that my psyche completely pivoted. Um, I was happier. I was more engaged. I was more relaxed, less stressed out. And I find that too. I mean, being an entrepreneur is very stressful because the weight of everything is on your shoulders. The weight of what food you eat and if you have food to eat and if you have clothes on your back is on your shoulders. Right. So, you know, I I think it gave me the confidence, like I can ride five miles. I'm going to go 10. I can do 10. I'm going to go 12. I can go 12. I'm going to do 15. Like I can do this. Um, and it motivated me to continue to be stronger. And then as I was seeing my body change during this, um, I became more confident, right? Because I'm not being weighed, literally weighed down. Right. So, I mean, I lost 84 pounds and
0: good for you in That's like 18 amazing. months,
1: you know, doing the cycling and I, you know, I watched what I was eating and all of that, but you know, it, it made me more confident, definitely stronger emotionally and physically, um, to the point that I actually started dating and to the point that I met my husband and I ended up getting engaged and getting married and, and all of that. I mean, again, you know, every burden is a blessing. Like I did not want to get on that bike that day. I vividly remember that conversation of let's go on a bike ride. No, I don't, I don't want to, I can't balance on a bike. What are you crazy? And and here we are. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing triathlons and, and pan mass challenge and, and all these fun things. So it's definitely helpful to have an outlet that's all yours. And cycling is extremely personal to me. Um, quite frankly, I don't I don't ride with a lot of people because it's personal. Um, I do have a woman that I met at the pan mass starting line in 2018 who was riding by herself and I ride by myself. I don't ride with a team or anything. And we got to talking and oh my gosh she's a melanoma survivor just like i am and we're now very very good friends and we've done rides together every single year we crossed the finish line together every year even in 2020 for virtual we did the bike path and we did our 50 miles and we got it done together and our families were so supportive during that i mean you know you're out of doing this bike ride you're doing 50 miles it's hot it's sunny you need hydration you need fuel you know for your body food and stuff and you know, my parents were at one end of the path and her parents are in the middle and my husband was at the end and they're just giving us, um, goo and water and Gatorade and peanut butter sandwiches. And, you know, it was, it was lovely to have the support, um, during even the virtual event. But this year was a little different with the pan mass. They had a rolling start. So there wasn't like an opening ceremony or anything like that, but she and I met, um, we went out of Foxborough Gillette stadium and we met there in the morning and, the two of us rode off into the sunset together and watched the sunrise and finished up that afternoon. So
0: it's beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's really cool. I encourage anyone. I mean, you know, if if you're sitting on your couch and you're saying, you know what, I I don't want to get off the couch. I'm, I'm feeling down and just, just know that it's going to be okay and that there's hope for you and and there's someone out there that's going to help you because there's always going to be a helper.
0: Now, given how, you know, dynamic and just, you know, interesting, multifaceted your life has been and how it's led to where you're at right now, do you have any advice for someone who's more, you know, at the beginning of their journey or at the beginning of a new journey or a new part of their life?
1: Yeah, don't give up. Um, I, I mean, I, I listen to, to Coldplay, they're like my favorite band, (laughs) um, and, and I, I just try to really surround myself with positive people. I mean, there's friends that I've had for a very long time that I, I don't talk to anymore. And I'm sad about that. But we went in different different ways, right? And now, you know, you have a new set of friends or you have friends that you had before. And And I'm not going to lie. I mean, during the pandemic, there was a lot of self-doubt, but there was a lot of doubt on my, on starting a business from my family and friends. They were like, are you crazy? You're going to do this during a pandemic. You are nuts. You need to quit like this whole dream thing and just get a job because there's no way it's going to happen. And you can doubt yourself when you say that, but I committed to myself. Like I made a promise to my husband, to my kids mommy's going to do this. Your wife is going to do this. And we all sacrificed for me to do this. And I'm not just going to give up that easy. Um, and there's always, there's always, again, there's always a helper that's going to help you. And the helpers for me with my business were this independent practitioners alliance that told me, no, keep going. My financial advisor called me one day and he goes, Hey, I'm just checking in on you. How are you doing with your business? And I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, you got to stick it out. It's going to be good. You're passionate. I can see your drive. You can do it. Um, and having that support is so, is so critical and just don't give up and, and follow your dreams because I'm proof of that. I mean, I don't come from an entrepreneurship family. I don't come from a business owner family and I'm doing it and I'm successful at it and I'm loving it. So follow your dreams. You can, you can do anything. You just gotta, you gotta work hard and you gotta put your mind to it.
0: Excellent advice. I think that that's probably a perfect place to leave it. I want to be respectful of your time real quick. If someone's looking to get a hold of you, uh, either for business or getting involved in some of the programs that you're involved with. What's the best way to get a hold of you?
1: Absolutely. So you can check out my website. And I know we said it was empowered, but it's actually empowered PR. <laughs> um, so it's www.emphoweredpr.com. Or you can give me a shout on my mobile phone at 978 400
0: 3036. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming. Thank in you today. so much,
1: Tim, for the opportunity. I appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Thank you for tuning in with us. We do this to share the stories of some of the incredible individuals in your community. All we ask in return is if you found value from this episode, please share it with someone else who may also gain value from the show. Please feel free to rate or review the show. Your feedback helps us give you more of what you want. Until next time, I'm Tim Lanza, and this was another Local Legacy.